Episode 18 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. My name's Javid, and joining me this week, the glamorous Nikki Mertz from Joburg. Hi, everyone. The dashing Devan Pandya from Leicester. Good evening, everyone. And posh Bex Braddock from Portsmouth. Hello. I love the podcast. Sorry, I nearly choked it. <laughs> it. It's really hard having to try and sound posh. I have no idea what that, how it goes. Bizarre I do love it. So I should also add that it's Mother's Day today, so happy Mother's Day to everybody. Happy Mother's Day to all mothers and to our own posh fics with us in the studio. Thank you very much. I have to now remember to sound posh. This is going to be really tricky. (laughs) So have you all had a good week? Great week. I've had better weeks. I've been a bit poorly. I still, you might notice that I sound a bit poorly still. So um, if I stop to cough, um, I'll try and remember to press the mute button. Devon, how's your week been? Yep, it's been good, thank you. Um, from a football perspective, it was all right with the QPR result. And i um, looking forward to next weekend and meeting the family, uh, which will be something looking forward to. So yeah, can't wait. I met, actually, just talking about family, I met a fellow family member, Mark Burton. Um, we met earlier this week on Friday evening, and we actually went out for drinks and for dinner. Such a nice guy, and you're all going to love him. He's coming to the game next week. Looking forward to meeting him, looking forward to meeting you and Dev, Bex, we've already met. Um, and in fact, looking forward to meeting everybody else. Sorry, looking forward to meeting you again, Rebecca. <laughs> Good recovery, thank you very much. Um, So, um, I'm reliably informed that um, Tottenham had a match today, um, and uh, my take on it is um, we weren't at the races, we we didn't press the ball, um, there were too many defensive errors, poor passing, um, and we were on the back foot, and we lost, and that's that, really, and we move on. Um, And on the plus note, our away fans were fantastic, and that's all I'm going to say on the game. Um, anybody else want to add any comments? I think the team just looked really, really tired. I don't know if this is a falling out from where, you know, the, the very high pressure of two games a week and being involved in lots of different things to slip back to. It's only one game a week and it's just the league. Um, but today, everybody just, that first half, everybody just looked all out of sorts. They didn't know what they were doing. It was almost like the start of the season again. Yeah, it was probably the the. Sorry, I'm jumping in there. Um, it was probably the worst performance of the season by far. Um, they didn't show up, but as you mentioned, our fans did. So kudos to them. I'm really pleased that they did. Um, my I must just say that my my nephew is a United supporter. Uh, I won't hold it against him, but his son he's allowed me to to indoctrinate him into becoming a Spurs supporter. He's only 18 months old. I've told him not to gloat in front of the child. I told him not to 
to do anything to let him know that Spurs lost today because he's too young to have his heart broken by a football team. So he's turned off the television. He said that he's he's keeping them away from all media because they're very impressionable at this age. And uh, poor child, I don't know what I've done to him. I'm the worst great aunt ever. (laughs) No, that's fantastic. Nice brainwashing. You've done well there, I think. (laughs) I bought some more clothes, so you know when I when I come over later this week, I'm going to pick up some more clothes for for him and Emily, my friend's daughter, who's she'll be a year old in July, and she's also Spurs, so they don't know this, but you know their heartbreak is only about to begin, or, or, or hopefully by then, you know we'll be winning, and and you know <laughs> there won't be anything Spursy about Spurs. Well, the next generation has to come from somewhere, so. <laughs> but it does. You might as well start with them. Millie is only she because she's twelve on Wednesday, um, so she oh. remember she only has ever known Spurs as being you know a half decent team, and she gets completely gutted when we lose. But why have we lost? Oh, baby girl, you have so much to learn. This is the way it always <laughs> is. It's not. It's not all shiny Champions League and you know players like Van der Vaart and Bale. It's not all the glossy stuff. It's that's a rarity. Things you inflict upon your children. Devil what... Or your friends' children. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Devil, what were your thoughts on the game, if any? I was I was disappointed because um, looking at the lineups before and seeing the run-in with the games we've played and a few fortuitous results. Like last weekend, I think we got away with a few fouls and... Um, could have had a few penalties against us, against QPR. But nevertheless, uh, we've been scoring goals. We've been getting good results. United have been on a poor run or an unstable run of form. And uh, on Monday night, they lost at home as well, which um, I kind of felt would hopefully like play into our hands with them getting the, the psychological effect from the fact that they just can't seem to uh, get a grip on, on their season. Plus, of course, we had a stable 11. They had players... You know, who are quoted as being played out of position, uh, blind at left back, that kind of thing, and Matter playing on the right hand side, and uh, we've we've won there two seasons in a row uh, away after you know not being able to get a result for years and years at Old Trafford. So the expectation was there, and I just felt that when when you're three nil down so quickly, a lot of the time it comes down to the fact that one system is working. Um, against the other perfectly well. It's been, you know, Van Gaal said, okay, this is what we'll do. We'll set ourselves up like this, play down the left. But we just contribute to it in such a massive way. I, I, mean, I don't I don't dislike Kyle Walker. I know he gets a lot of flack from, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of Spurs supporters. And I can understand why, but I'm a big fan of his. And we really missed him when he was injured as well. But uh, today, you know, he got outthought and, and outplayed by Ashley Young. And, um, and, you know, I think just generally across the park, we started off really well. They would look really jittery. And yet, after eight minutes, we were 1-0 down. So, really disappointed. I think it's a one-off. Um, and, you know, we've, we've played well enough consistently. But uh, I, was, I was disappointed today. And uh, it's a shame that it happened. It, it, the second half showed that, you know, we're a much better side. But then, by the same token, they, they also took the foot off the pedal as well. So, yeah, just a, just a shame, really. We're... Um... We're six points off a Champions League place with nine games to go, and whilst it's not 
impossible. It's looking less likely, given there are only so many games left. And, you know, do you know what? In some ways, that's maybe not such a bad thing. Um, maybe if we had qualified um, for the Champions League, if, I say if, um, it would have been a false dawn and we would have got two carried away. Um, and we've just got to look at the big, bigger picture um, and what Poch has done over the course of the season um, and what he's building towards. I think out of all the teams going for for the top four out of us, Liverpool, United, um, no one's really shown that level of consistency to be able to play at, um, to be able to compete in the Champions League. You know, we're, we're building from scratch, essentially, with Pochettino. And, you know, for the first seven, eight, nine games of the season, we were all scratching our heads thinking, where's this going? You know, it's, you know, he did all this amazing stuff at Southampton and now we know it can work. But we have got a young side and therefore, you know, if someone said, you know, you'll be in a final and you'll lose to a team like Chelsea and you'll be fighting for fourth, um, you know, in the second third of the season, then I think a lot of us would have said, you know what, for a first, for a manager's first season, that's brilliant. You know, I'll take that. And plus, of course, the way in which we're playing and we've got results against top side. So, Maybe we're not ready yet, but um, I don't think anybody else would, would be too disappointed. No, and I think you're right. Absolutely, I would have taken that at the start of the season. And today was just a glitch, I hope. Mm. I think it will be okay. It was just hard to see. Yeah. It's expectation, isn't it? We, we're, we've we seen the best of how they play as a unit. Someone mentioned the other day, would you take Gareth Bale back? And I, I just said, no way, because... As fantastic as he is, and he does get a very rough ride from uh, Real Madrid's fans and the media over there, but I don't—I I just don't want to go back to having one player um, just being like the the be-all and end-all of everything that we do. I'd rather have a unit which which is all thinking and playing together as mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Funny, I think. Mm-hmm. No, and that's and that's the way Pochettino plays and sets his teams up. That it's a unit, it's a team ethic. And if you can't apply yourself to that team ethic and all Hassel and Harry is one, then there's no place for you in, in my team. So um, it's, it's, we're definitely going places. It's, it's obviously going to take time, and this is not a short-term project. It's funny you should mention Bale, because there is a question about Bale, which we will come to later on in the pod. Um, let's move on and let, let's look forward. Um, so we've got Leicester on Saturday, um, which... Uh, mentioned on previous podcasts is going, is going to be a game where quite a few of the members from the Tom Hotspur family Facebook group will be attending. Um, it's going to be a get-together of some of the members of that group uh, meeting up at the Irish Centre on Pretoria Road beforehand. Um, Nikki, you're going to be there. Dev, you're going to be there. And Rebecca, you're going to, you're going to be there. Um, Definitely. It, should, it should be good. Oh, yeah. I think so. It's you know what I. Uh, I think once we get we just look past this game and and I think the boys will be really really annoyed with themselves for the poor performance. So they're going to possibly I hope go all out next week and show up and and I know it's Leicester and whatever the case may be, but we need to we need to show up and just win that game because I'm not flying six thousand miles for them to not. <laughs> 
So I will be having a word with them. Stop the world. Who has done that? Who has already said to the team, guys, you've got to play well because Nikki's flying 6,000 miles and she's going to come and kill you if you don't play well. I think also there's a bit of a grudge with Leicester for the FA Cup game. Absolutely. Have you flown 6,000 miles to come and see Tottenham? I thought there's me thinking you you, you flew 6,000 miles to come and see me. But anyway. (laughs) um... I'm going to say yes if you're wearing a Chadley or Pochettino mask. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. um, No, it it should be good. And I think you're right, Nikki. Um, They'll have a point to prove um, for the next home game. And... and, uh, and hopefully I'll put a good good performance in. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think I can I can my prediction is two one. Well I'm hoping for a whole lot more, but you know. Um I'll take three, one, four one. How long will you take five one? But you know, I'm just not gonna be overly optimistic. <laughs> We should win this, and I think, sorry, Dev, for taking your time. No, no, no. no, We we should win this um, quite convincingly. Yeah, we should. Well, I'm expecting a win um, because I think Leicester have now conceded what with the results around them going the way they are. Uh, As much as it hurts me to say it, but Sherwood's got Villa playing and getting results, even though it's one game at a time. Burnley won yesterday, so that will help them. And, and I think Leicester have now been cut adrift, and they probably would have said that if they can get out of the relegation zone at the start of the season, uh, sorry, at the start of the season, if they said that they could have got out of the relegation zone and survived, then that would have been a successful season for them. So I think the way that they'll be approaching it will be damage limitation. We, we're, we've we made quite a few errors in our last few games, and this and today's result highlighted that. So... Um, at least it gives Pochettino an opportunity to say, right, this is where we've screwed up royally and we've been taken to the cleaners for it. You know, Kyle Walker, Danny Rose, Chadley, you know, this is where the problems were happening. Plus, of course, in other areas of the park. So he'll tie all that up. And um, I think we will we'll win that probably about 3-1 as well. Interesting thing about the Leicester game is, um, I don't know if anyone read earlier this week, but... I uh, believe that we've agreed a fee for Mares uh, for seven million to join us in the summer. Oh, yeah, I yeah, I've not seen I, that. I, I just read it online this week, and um, it just seemed like one of those. Oh, and also in dispatches, Spurs have uh, reportedly um, agreed a, a fee for for Mares to join us. So uh, I think he plays left back and on the wing as well. So we've now got Yedlin. Uh, to uh, provide more competition for Carl Walker and uh, and down the right as a wing back and Mares who plays as a wing back on the left. So interesting if it happens that is. Mm. So I'll, I'll be looking. I'll be watching him with uh, with one eye. <laughs> well, we are weak there, so we need it. Yeah. I I can guarantee that I won't be turning up with a Chadley or a Pochettino mask, but I will be bringing some homemade Tottenham cake, so um, that's my contribution on, on Saturday. Um, and uh, just looking at the next podcast, which I don't know when that's going to be, probably next Sunday, um, I'll probably try to 
get some interviews with people who are going to be at the Irish Centre next week and, and get some predictions and stuff and uh, add that to the next recording. Um, if anybody, we, I know we've plugged this before on the previous podcast, but if anybody um, who's uh, part of the Facebook group, or, or if you're not part of the Facebook group and you just happen to listen to the podcast, um, uh, you can, I think tickets are sold out now for, for, for the Leicester City match, but if you want to come along and meet uh, members of the Tom Hotsworth family Facebook group, then you can do so, um, Irish Centre on Pretoria Road. Um before we go into questions, just a quick thing. So we had um, on Friday, I think it was Friday, first or Friday, one of those days, I don't know, they all merge into one. Um, the Archway Appeal, um, the Archway Steel, whatever they're called, um, they decided not to appeal. So it looks like finally the stadium's going to be built. Um, what are our thoughts on that? Finally. We should throw a party to celebrate. It's been spoken about for so long. It's it's kind of, it's almost a myth, isn't it? Yeah, it is. There are there are a lot of people who are still very negative out there, and frankly, they need to go see bloody therapist. Um, just stop being so fucking negative. Sorry. Okay? <laughs> oh dear. It really does get my back up. And I'm not going to mention names, but you know who the hell you are. But there's no point in saying that because I know the person who I'm referring to doesn't even listen to the bloody podcast. So the bottom line is just be happy that that's, we're one step closer. I don't care if it's 2017, 2019, or whatever the case may be. The fact is we're moving in the right direction. And, and, and you know, more positivity, please. That's my take on it. Yeah, yeah. Yep, agreed. Okay, because now everybody's too scared to say anything other than that, aren't they? What with Nikki, what with Nikki flying 6,000 miles, she's going to get you. <laughs> if you don't agree with her. I am from South Africa. We get away with murder here. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I think that... Um, I mean, it's good. It's obviously going to mean extra revenue for the club. Um, it, it'll mean that um, obviously, you know, b- b- larger capacity, so more hope. Hopefully, more atmosphere. Although that doesn't always happen. Um, hopefully, all the people who are on the season ticket waiting list will suddenly find themselves with a ticket at the lane. And I think also um, it'll be good for the area. Um, for, for, for Tottenham, um, so you know, in terms of regeneration and gentrification, and hopefully there'll be more um, trendy coffee shops and help health food shops appearing in the area. <laughs> That's um, essential for most football fans, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Bagel um, shops and things. Yeah. Will there be bagels and will there be gluten free? Because if they're going to be health shops, they have to be gluten free. None of this wheat shit. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, talking of stadium, so the new stadium, we, that moves us nicely on to the very first question from Sammy Sammenfeld in the States, who asks, um, so currently Tom Hopper members go to matches, but yet quite often they have to sit separately all over the stadium. Um, he realises that there's no way that it would happen. However, just for the hell of it, don't you think that the club should have its own section. So it's the, the sorry, that the Tottenham Hotspur family should have its own section at the new stadium. Just think how cool that would be. It would be excellent. 
that would be really good. Kind of um, a slightly more grown-up version of the 1882 bunch. Yeah. Without necessarily the singing and taking your shoe off and things. But I think that would be it would be a lovely thing to do. And then you could sit with people that mostly you liked. I love the mostly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 well, because you don't get on with everybody. I'm aware that not all of us get on with everybody. Um, but as we are a group of friends, um, and that's exacerbated by the fact that we're all meeting up next week, I think if we could all sit together, that would really help that friendship. Absolutely. I think the concerns me about the, the, the new stadium, of a lot of these new stadiums that have popped up, the atmosphere isn't as good as the ones that um, that they've replaced. Now, the difference is with our new stadium, it's, it's still going to be in the same area. It's, it's a stone throw away from our heart, by heart lane. It's not It's not as if it's um, somewhere along a motorway or, or removed from the area completely. But I just wonder practically how, you know, for instance, at the moment, the Park Lane end make a lot of noise, how that would translate itself in, in a new stadium I think it will take a few years before um, it's, you know you get for, for instance the hardcore people in, in one area and so forth I don't, I don't know how, how that's going to work well I, I, I was just I was just going to say Jav that on that point um, that was one of the mistakes that um, Arsenal made when mm-hmm. they moved from Highbury that um, they didn't keep all their clock end hardcore support uh, in the same place or they didn't offer them first refusal on staying in whatever the equivalent is now at the Emirates and um, they basically got tickets across the stadium and one of the biggest things they said was oh there's no atmosphere and the fans said well what do you expect when all of us have been split across the, the whole stadium in different seats so uh, I hope they've learned from that and not just not just us but I think generally clubs when they're, when they're redeveloping that's something that they'll be hopefully mindful of Especially us. Yeah, how have Man City got on since they moved from Main Road? Because that always seems like a good. It, it always seems like there's a fair amount of atmosphere there. Yeah, it does. It certainly tr- translates itself um, into on, the noise that you yeah. would expect. So um, I don't know. It was. I just wondered. Talking of the new stadium, Paul Esau, or Esau even, asks, hypothetically speaking, if, if in a few, few years we have the new stadium up and running and we're starting to make top four or higher, even, dare I say it, regularly, news breaks that Bale wants back in. Could he be accused of being a money-chasing, glory-hunting, thrush trumpet but still be welcomed back regardless? Or would he be welcomed back with open arms, no questions asked? I'm going to go first, if you don't mind. We we were discussing this at lunch, actually. And um, because I was asking Paul the question and asking him what his thoughts were. So it came up at, at lunch as a discussion. And I said, my first off reaction is, fuck bail, because I'm still pissed off with him with the way that he left. I know that it's Real Madrid and all the rest of it. Oh, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I, it was my boyhood dream, whatever. Shut the fuck up. Sorry, I'm swearing a lot, but I've had a lot to drink. <laughs> I'm glad you told us. I would never have guessed. <laughs> um, 
But he really, really annoyed me with the way that he left. You know, it, there was it, there was so much hype around him, and I, for one, honestly thought that he was going to stay. Honestly, mm-hmm. and he made me look like an idiot. So unless I get a personal apology from him, screw him. But having said that, if he's coming back to play in England, if he dares play for another team, I will kill him. That's it. He has to come back to Tottenham, not yeah. because I want him, but because he's not allowed to play for one of those other assholes. End yeah, of story. It's- it's an argument I've been having quite a bit with the United fan. He keeps saying, Bale's going to come to United. He can fuck right off. He's ours. Yeah. If he comes back to England, he comes to play for us, well, we're going to find him and kneecap him because that's absolutely unacceptable. <laughs> he can't go play for anybody else. Yeah. I won't allow it. Neither will I. But he Don't... can play for Spurs. No, would, you, would you welcome him with open arms? Well, same as, uh, same as the ladies. It broke my heart when he left. But um, I begrudgingly accepted the fact that, well, you know, Real Madrid, stupid amounts of money every week, blah, blah, blah. And let's face it, he won the Champions League in his first season. He's going to turn that down, especially when he was practically carrying in a lot of games. And we saw that when, when he'd left, how, you know, how toothless we were in attack. Uh, but I couldn't see him at another club. And it, it's, you know, if, uh, I, can't, I can't even imagine... In, someone like Pochettino, like wanting him. Uh, but I'd probably say no. I can't believe I just said that, but I would probably say no. <laughs> yeah. This is I'd, a I'd, romantic I'd, podcast. Say what well, you I think. Would, I would rather we'll get see, it all out your system. Yeah, I mean, I would rather see Chadley, Ericsson, uh, Townsend. <laughs> no, Townsend, but uh, I'd rather see those guys forming a unit you know, Eric Lamella. I'd rather see Eric Lamella doing mm. it and uh, being given the opportunity rather than Bale walking back in after he said goodbye. So, um, you know, that that's what you want to see. You want to see these guys, who, these young guys who we've bought coming through, not not because of the money we've spent, because you could take Ryan Mason on one side, Eric Lamella on the other. We, you know, put someone like Harry Kane, who we've brought through the system, or someone like Eric Lamella, who we've, you know, basically paid almost £30 million for. But the fact is that they're all young players that they're there, and you know we want to see them blossom as a, as a, as a unit for the for the next few years. And um, and I don't think having Bale back would help that. So I have to say, do I really enjoyed watching Bale play for us. Um, in fact, even when when he signed initially and he wasn't very popular, and there was talk of him then being moved out, I um, I could see the potential. Um, I don't mean to say that I felt that he was going to reach the heights that he did, but I could see that he was a good player, um, even when he was at Southampton. Um, I think the fact is we wouldn't be ever be in a position, or certainly at the moment, to afford to pay his wages. And unfortunately, I think there are one or two other clubs, United, Chelsea, City, that probably could. Um, and I would be quite pissed off if you went to certainly City or Chelsea. And I just hope that you know he had a good he had a good first season at Real. At the moment, he's not it's not going too well for him. Um, I hope that I hope that he stays at Real. Really, um, I just don't like the idea of him playing for the Chavs. Yeah, or Man City. I don't mind United, funny enough, because I don't really have that much against them as a club. Although I don't particularly like Louis Van Gaal, um, but. Um, or historic, Wayne historic, Rooney. Yeah, or Wayne Rooney or Van Persie. Or, 
How many others can I make? So, Oliver Lees asked, in fact, there's two sort of questions related. Oliver Lees asked, how many Spurs players and which ones deserve to be called up for, called up um, to their respective countries' international squad, not just England, based on this season's performances? And Kevin Morgan, as a follow-up to that, says, does Ryan, Mer- does Ryan Mason deserve a place in the England squad after barely six months of Premier League football under his belt? No, he's too young based on today's performances. None of them. But that's just me being a harsh bitch today. <laughs> and today is not the best highlight. If you look probably pre um, yeah, the Fiorentina games, you, yeah, I yeah. think you would have said yes. Absolutely. Look, I think Ben Saleb is, is a really mm. good, solid player. And he's just going to get better and better and better. Um, Ericsson, he needs to man up a little bit more. He's too he's too frail and girly for me, honestly. I just I need him to be beefier. I just I, and get stuck in. But he's still exceptionally skilled, and you cannot take that away from him. Um, so definitely him. Van, when he's having a great day, is is top. So you can understand him and. And even Dembele, you know, when when Poch made that substitution and and um, and brought on Dembele, I mean, he was holding the ball more. Yes, he didn't, you know, there were still sloppy passes and stuff, but at least he was he was creating some substance in the midfield for us. So he's really good. Um, obviously Harry Kane, but I think the problem with Harry Kane is a lot of people are isolating him now, so he can't get on the ball. So unless those chances are created. Um, the defence kicks in and, and he can't even get to the damn ball. So then he's nullified. He's just, he's not even in the park. Well, there's a lot of know. media attention here, Nikki, on getting Kane into the full England squad. And I heard that he'd chosen to go and play, continue playing with the under-21s, which I think I on so. his behalf is a really good decision. Let him learn at his own pace. Don't push him too hard because otherwise you get what we've had with Theo Walcott. Pushed up to the England squad at a very young age and then completely fails to deliver. With who? Sorry? Exactly. What's your, what's your mouth out with soap and water? I know, I know, but it was the best example I could think of of, of an England player that had been pushed. Because you look at Rooney, who also went to the international squad at a very young age and did really well. But it doesn't work for everyone. And I think Roy Keane needs to... Roy Keane, oh God, I'm really not well. Um, Roy Hodgson needs to be aware of that. And not push him. He's still very young on a at, at a senior level. And I think he doesn't need to be pushed. You might just, you know, let him play with the under-21s. Let him play where he feels comfortable until he's found his feet properly. Mm. Don't just push him. And I think the same applies to Mason, in all honesty. Yeah. He, he isn't he isn't well-rounded enough. And, and if you... you put them in the national side uh, it's just put, it's just too much pressure for them and uh, and they're not going to perform and he's not ready he is not ready he's still got a lot to learn no and the english media are not kind so a couple well, of bad exactly. games and it will really knock their confidence for a long time afterwards exactly um i had a look at the regular first teamers that we've got playing and the only ones that aren't playing regularly at international level first of all Walker now as as good as some of his performances have been uh, his competition for that place at, at England level is Nathaniel Klein and I think Klein's 
on form at the moment. Currently, brilliant Bretta. game today. Yeah, yeah, he's been fantastic, and and you know, fair play to Ronald Koeman for what he's done at Southampton because. Uh, uh, no one gave him a chance, especially me. I was like, aha, they're going down, obviously. And um, <laughs> and, and, they, and they've just not slipped away despite people's expectations. Um, you know, they, they held the league leaders today, and fair play to them. So, um, And Klein's been part of that, so I'd definitely go for Klein above Kyle Walker. Uh, I'd love to see Harry Kane and Mason develop at under-21 level because if you look at Germany, they, after, I think, 2000, Euro 2000, they um, they basically said, right, we'll go back to scratch and we just develop all the kids to learn to play the game in the same way. And uh, what that meant was that the same squad of players went through the under-18s, the under-19s and the under-21s and then they won the World Cup last year, give or take one or two players. But essentially that unit was the same. And I'd love to see a unit of young players coming through uh, the the England international setup in the same way. Um, plus, of course, in Ryan Mason's case, he's better than Cleverly, much better. In fact, Cleverly's bang average. Uh, Delph is a decent player, but I think Mason's better than him. And um, at the moment, it's just between him and Henderson. But at least if uh, if he's going to play at under-21 level, same as Harry Kane, at least they'll be able to get starting places uh, regularly rather than be understudies to Henderson and Rooney. So... Um, I'm big, big advocates of a, a big advocate of, play, of them playing at under twenty one level regularly. Um, Edward Brad asked two questions. Um, so this one came with questions, some of which have come come in today, some of which have come in a few days ago. Um, the first question he's asked: Is the Man United away victory the pivotal point in our running? <laughs> Edward, Edward, Edward. Um, Second question: Will Poch, will Poch's training method see us perform better in the second half of the season? And which players seem to be benefiting the most? I don't have an answer for you. No, I can't think of anything. I had a look at. I had a look at the running for for the three realistic contenders for fourth, which is us, Liverpool and United, uh, probably Liverpool and United after today's game. But uh, with with the biggest theory in the world, I reckon we would probably get 18 points from our next nine games. Liverpool, about 21 from 10, and United, 18 from nine. And I don't think that today's result would have really affected at least the run-in for fourth. Let alone, let alone the title. So um, I, I don't think it would have made much of a difference. I think at the end of the season, it would have ended up with us being sixth. Liverpool have found form now. They're, they're, they've got a run going on. Um, United just seem to be getting their results. And uh, I think we'll we'll probably miss out anyway. So, Look, I wasn't expecting us to get fourth anyway, so I'm not mm. going to lose the over it. Um Moving on, next question. Would it be sorry, just would it be heresy for me to say that it would be better if we um, finished, I don't know, seventh or something, and fail to qualify for the Euro- Europa as well, so we don't have to play on Thursday, Thursday, Sunday? I said that probably about an hour ago. Um, I, 
I don't. It's a hard thing to gauge, is it? Is is it because they've got those two games a week that it keeps the momentum going? It justifies their extra fitness training and everything else that Poch is doing with them. Does it help mm. or not? Because today is the first time we've seen them just completely fall apart in a long time. Yeah, that's old Spurs, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Maybe I'm it was the occasion as well. Maybe it was the occasion today at Old Trafford. A lot of young players, 75,000 fans, etc., etc. But it's pretty yeah, much the same team, Dev, that's been playing all season. So it's not like, you know, Potts just went, OK, well, you know, I'll stick with the youth today hmm. and see how they get on. It, it's, this, it is our normal team. Yeah. With the exception maybe of Dyer, Dyer however you want to say his name. Um, and everybody else was standard. So I don't know. It's hard to gauge, isn't it? Yeah. I'm guessing there's some bollockings being dished out. Well, yeah, like I said... I fucking hope so. <laughs> this will be one game where they'll... they'll it's, it's a magnifying glass on, on where the where the gaps are in, in this unit's development because uh, when you play QPR, make mistakes and win, everyone's like, well, OK, at least we won. But uh, when you get tonked 3-0 in, 40, in, what, 40 minutes of, of football, then uh, at least you can see glaring errors, can't you? I did think that Poch's substitution so early, what was it, 30 minutes and he mm. had Dembele on, that was a really brave move. Mm. Yep. And it worked. Yeah, it was smart. But yeah. it didn't help. But it, it at least he did it. Yeah, and fair play to somebody who mentioned it on the page earlier that um, when, they, when the teams came out, I can't remember who it was, my apologies, uh, but um, someone in the family said that, you know, yeah, good starting lineup, but I would have preferred Dembele instead of Townsend play in the middle and add some steel to the to the midfield mm. and yep they were right get that man in the dugout oh. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast and we've obviously got the Tottenham Hotspur family Facebook page and quite often some of the members of that group will refer to other members as Famalam. Um, <laughs> however, in some quarters, some people think that the word Famalam and the underlying tones behind that word are not acceptable. So my question is to Famalam, or sorry, I should say Carol Hayward's question is to Famalam or not to Famalam? Famalam all the way. Yep, yeah, I totally agree. Mainly because it annoys some people. But I also think it's a bit, it's some extra cohesiveness. Because nobody else is going to call us that. Dev, are you a, are you a fan of the old fan lamb? Or? Uh, personally, I wouldn't use it, but I defend your right to use it. So, uh, yeah. I think the questioner carol hayward i i i seem to recall the first time i certainly heard it or heard it in this context was um she mentioned it now it, it's not a word i would use but <laughs> since, since i've heard her use it a few times it's course on and i don't have a problem with it and i don't have a problem with the underlying tone so anybody who thinks otherwise they can get stuffed um, <laughs> guy, i don't under, i don't understand the um the club the seal clubbing anger with which people view that word i i'm i'm you know fascinated to see why it's uh you know why it's such a bone of contention <laughs> because some people will argue with their own shadow oh you've got the nail on the head right there Rebecca. and i think that's all it is it's people that will argue for the sheer hell of arguing 
Exactly. Or they just want to pick a... Yeah. And I wonder how many of them will listen to this pod, for example. And I'm guessing it's not (laughs) many. So if I called them cynical cunts they wouldn't mind they probably wouldn't hear if they wouldn't matter (laughs) exactly because they won't be listening i'm not not talking behind their back because clearly if they listened i would i would i would love it if they did listen i would love it more people listen to the pod you're Um, obsessed with your stats i i I am indeed obsessed with the stats and then i could they could hear the fact that i've called them cunts and they know who they are so i'm sure they won't be offended because i say it in a good-natured way in a family way yeah <laughs> <laughs> well at the end of the day you know the, the family family right i mean everyone everyone brings their own to it so uh you know it's sometimes it's it's weird having you know different opinions i mean i got involved in a few uh verbal jousts earlier today um but uh you know fair play to all involved <laughs> even though i did get cornered by by two of them and uh, had to really explain myself word for word. Didn't do it very well either. So, um, Sam Moore asks, I should have asked this earlier, um, what will come first? The four horsemen of, of the... <laughs> a, 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 I can't say the word. Apocalypse. apocalypse. Or, or the new stadium. Can I answer this one, Jeff? Yeah, go for it. I think, uh, I think it's a bit unfair to be hitting Levy with this, uh, this stick constantly. I know that in some quarters of... Spurs supporters, there's this kind of big, this resignation, but um, and I can understand why because for years it's been going on, and there's some cases where you think, well, yeah, that's just the club dragging its heels. But I do feel in this case that now that we've got this thing out of the way, maybe it's just my naivety, and if it is, I hold my hands up to it. But I think now that we've got this final uh, sign off sorted and no appeal from Archway, then uh, the, we'll see the the stadium being built in no time at all. I mean, as as in a, in a regular amount of time, as opposed to any more further delays. No, I think you're absolutely right. I don't think there was ever any intention on behalf of the club not to have this stadium built. It's in their best mm. interests, exactly, for lots of reasons. And and I'm sure I know I've said this before. You don't know what Levy does, and like you say, there are a lot of people who are very anti-Levy for whatever reason, um, and it's not always justified. And this is one of those. If there is another delay, then then those people will start saying, well, it's all Levy's fault. He's done this deliberately and maliciously, like he's trying to sabotage his pay packet, hmm. which he's not going to do, is he? He must be, no. a, he's earning a fair watch from Spurs. And obviously, if they get more, he's going to get more. And if he pushes through the stadium, he will get more cash. So I don't understand the twisted individuals that think it's OK to blame Levy for absolutely everything. Um, but it'd be nice to see a new stadium, won't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Shiny. And I mean, it looks stunning. The design looks amazing. When when we were there in September, we did the stadium tour. We were just so thrilled we were able to do the tour where there's just so much history before the new stadium. And Paul and I both said, you know, we look forward to seeing the new stadium because it's just, it's just going to do so much for the club and so much for the community. So, you know, all those naysayers, fuck you. <laughs> Well, one thing I, um, <laughs> one thing I don't I do think like... Nikki's speaking her mind. I'm a bit worried that she's keeping something back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm glad, really, because considering how well we're doing without the extra finance, I mean, 36,000 in the modern game is nothing, nothing really for a, 
you know, for trying to generate the revenue. I know most of the revenue comes from from TV deals and the Premier League global rights, etc. But nevertheless, having a 60,000 stadium were, won't damage that at all. And um, increasing that fan base as well will, will certainly help. I think we were the first club to break into the, the US, is that right? Uh, with our uh, friendlies and things like that. So that's why when um, NBC got the rights to the Premier League, Spurs were like the, the flagship team for, for, for promoting the, the the product, for want of a better word, over there. So we're certainly doing everything in the right way. And to be to be perpetual sixth or fifth places without having that, that extra uh, capacity is, is, you know, when you look at it from a much more broader perspective, it's, it's pretty good. And now we've got a young team got a young coach we've, we've done really pretty well in in the first season with him and we're not even finished the season yet so anything could happen and we've still and now we've got the green light for this uh for this amazing stadium to come along so it's it's going to be um it's going to be a good good uh period for us it's um it's, it's happening and all the cynics should just get over themselves um they can choke on their cereal i can um, understand i can understand to an extent why that why that happens um jeff because you know they you know we've we've been through like the whole 90s and you know whenever when other teams around us um had the money they they did something with it and they moved on and kicked on and we didn't and and it it can you know create resentment and resignation when you're just sitting there week after week watching successive managers coming in and out the door and players coming in out the door and some of them failed to deliver and you know they've been purchased for a lot of money so i can understand where that's coming from but i think at some point, you have to draw a line in the sand and say, "Okay, that's that." But now, there's no reason for for doubting what's happening now. You know, we've yeah. been given the authorization, um, and and now, yes, like like Levy and his contract for Pochettino, he's given him a five-year contract, and basically, what he's saying is, "Okay, this is my last chance, and I want to prove that I'm not going to hire and fire this man." Yeah, it, it, it's happening, and and no, that that's a fair point, Dev. I mean. It, but it's one thing being cynical about about the rate of progress, but it it, it is actually happening. That the last, the final um, sort Objection. of blocker blocker on it has has, has been removed. It's going to happen, yep. and cynics, yeah. as I said, can can choke on their cereal. And talking of cereals, um, Paul Esau asks. He, he says, two, 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 <laughs> oh two, God! Two, two I did there. Nice little segue. Yep, I love um, it. I have two sugar puff related questions. <laughs> When you're ill, does your wee-wee smell of the aforementioned breakfast cereal? And B, when I hear David Essex rock on, I can smell sugar puffs. He adds, does anyone else have this odd connection between a smell and a song? No. No. I think he's quite strange, and I don't like sugar puffs anyway. Uh, well, I don't know what the hell Paul's smoking, but please bring some of that shit with you next week. Okay, because I'd yeah. like some. <laughs> yeah, a bong. A bong is what we need. Um, <laughs> so, final few questions. Guy Jinx asks, if dry ice melted and you, and you then swam in it, would you get wet? <laughs> yes. No. That's a resounding no, by the looks of it. Um, yeah. He also asks, "What happens if you get What happens if you get scared half to death twice?" Well, if it happened quite successively, then you'd be dead, okay. But if it happened today and then tomorrow, they're two halves, so they're not a full to death. So, so unless it's 
one sock to the other within a short space of time, then I'm speaking bullshit. Never mind. <laughs> I think some people have just got too much time on their hands. And, um... <laughs> well, if you're scared half to death and then half again, half times half is a quarter, so you're actually less scared the second time around. <laughs> Advanced maths, I love it. <laughs> it's a quiet day in Leicester. <laughs> it's, like it's pretty quiet all the time. No, no, no. Sorry, Sorry locals. <laughs> we couldn't get through a podcast without mentioning everybody's favourite cunt. Um, <laughs> Kent Goodrich, not Kent Goodrich. No, Kent, Kent's a nice guy. Um, Kent, Kent, Kent Goodrich. Good old Kent. Final Sorry, question. Chris. Kent Goodrich asks, if John Terry and Jose Mourinho were both on fire and you only had time to save one, what kind of beer would you pour yourself? Break out the champagne, damn it. <laughs> Beers for <No>. amateurs. <laughs> no, I think that would have to be something, that would have to be a cocktail that takes you a long time to prepare. Something like a Long Island iced tea that has many ingredients. <laughs> so you could just do it whilst watching and observing them. <laughs> That's probably a good, you know, a decent Long Island iced tea can take you at least 10 minutes to prepare by the time you found out all the bottles at the back of the cupboard. So, yeah, I think probably a nice cocktail. <laughs> I just I just wanted to uh, take that off on a, a segue, really, because uh, considering the fact that they're just such a scumbag fueled club, um, how happy was everybody when they got dumped out of the Champions League on Wednesday night in the fashion that they did, despite all the typical shenanigans uh, of surrounding the ref, bullying the ref, uh, getting somebody sent off, and then typical Costa doing what he does, Mourinho, lack of class before, um, racist fans, racist captain, and I'm just glad that for some for a club like that, which I'm, I'd be loath to have anything to do with, I'm so glad that they're out of Europe. I normally I wouldn't pay that much attention to other teams' successes or failures, but um, sometimes I think that I hate them more than I hate the Gooners. <laughs> it, was, it was a really good game to watch. Um, I mm. was at college and I only saw the last five minutes of normal time um, and then had to sit up and watch extra time because I couldn't possibly go and do anything else. Um, <laughs> so that was... I was really buzzing after the end of it. I was I'd almost like I'd won it personally for them. <laughs> so it was really, really good to see. I did think Jose was going to cry, and that would really have made my day. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it was good. He did, from what I heard, the little I did hear, um, he did, Jose Marino did, did, did handle himself with a little bit of dignity, which is un- unlike him, really, after the game. He didn't. He, he wasn't the usual spoilt brat that we're accustomed to seeing. Um, does anyone else con- concur with that? Or no, I, I, Do you know what? I cannot bring myself to, to recognise that in him because of things that... There's, there's a place... There's a time and a place for mind games, and everyone does that. Fergie does that. Wenger pathetically does that Mourinho does that but they all they all indulge in mind games which is fine that's part of the circus of the Premier League but when you physically go ahead and try and eye gouge Tito Villanova that's that's going beyond a level 
Mm-hmm. You know, you expect a certain level of professionalism as a as a manager or a coach of a team. And you can say what you want in the media. You can ignore people. You can do what Nigel Pearson does, which is swears at journalists in press conferences like he did yesterday. Now, there, there is someone who's under pressure. Um, but to to physically be, you know, that... Um, depraved when, when you're when you're running a football club i mean you've, you've got a board of directors or a president in the case of like real madrid where they must sit there looking at thinking what the hell have we done here you know we've got an image and this guy is just ruining our image that's that's the worst thing about marina there's nothing that he can do which changes that about him because he does take that wherever he goes it generates mm-hmm. an extremely negative atmosphere and uh and just breeds that that attitude in his players costa is i suppose like if you have like directors and actors and the actor represents the director or Costa represents Mourinho, which is win at all costs, no matter how ugly and, and uh, depraved. Yeah. And dirty. Yeah. That's, and that's not the game. Which is a shame really, because um, as much as it pains me to say this, he's a good coach. Mm. Um, he's quite intelligent, which makes mm. it even, even worse. The fact that he's so, you know, it, 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 all, all, all the stuff that you said, it's just so calculated and, and yes, he wants to win at all costs, and in some respects, you've got to admire that. But the, but the extent to which he goes, I think, is just disgusting, really. Um, Jamie Car- having- Jamie, Jamie Carragher said that on Wednesday night. He said that um, you know, they'll they'll be respected for everything they've won, but they won't be loved. But I I think I'd go one step further and say they won't be respected either, because outside of Stamford Bridge. Um, Nobody. I don't likes think any, any and yeah, even even United, you'd say okay, fair play to them for doing what they've done. Fair play to Liverpool for all the titles that they won in Europe and and in the league, and you know even the Gooners for the way that they've done it in recent years. At least they've he had a system, he put it in place, and it worked. And then everybody else caught up and used that system, and that's why it's not working for him. But nevertheless, with Chelsea, it's a case of there's no there's no winning in style. It's it's the dirtiest, lowest way of going about doing it, and you can't earn the respect of your peers. If that's if that's all that it matters about stacking up medals, you know, whichever in the worst way possible, then so be it. But you can't earn respect from from your peers. Yeah, agreed. To, to answer the question in my own way, sorry, Kent, um, I don't have that much hatred for for for, for Jose Mourinho on, on on the level that I do for. Um, John Terry. So I probably would save Jose Mourinho. Um, <laughs> however, if John Terry was, was on fire, I wouldn't piss on him. Um, if, in fact, if John Terry um, was on fire and in a toilet bowl and I really needed to go for a piss, I'd piss in the sink. Um, <laughs> that's, that's how much I hate John Terry. Um, so back to next Saturday. Um, it's a family lamb gathering, um, which I'm looking forward to. Um, and I should also add that, just with regards to the podcast, there's a new um, a Facebook page, which which um, is separate to the to, to the um, Tom Watford family Facebook group page. This is a page promoting the podcast. So um, please tell friends, families, members, and so forth um, that you happen to happen to be Spurs fans um, about the about the podcast. Um, and uh, yeah, I've got nothing more to say. Nikki, any final words? Yeah, just a quick one regarding next Saturday, just so that people know. What time are we meeting at the Irish Centre before the game? Is it 12 o'clock? 12-ish. Okay, 12-ish, and and kickoffs at 3, am I right? Yeah. You are right, yeah. 
Okay. And then we're going back to the Irish centre after the game. Uh, yes, I no? think that was the plan. Okay, so for anybody listening who's not part of the family, uh, we'll be there from 12-ish until, obviously, we go and watch the game, and then we'll be back there afterwards. So, you know, look for the loudest bunch of people. Um, look for Posh Bex, because she'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> look for the South African who swears a lot because I will be there um, and and look for a group hug a group hugging people because I'm a hugger and Jeb I'm coming to hug you my boy looking <laughs> <laughs> forward to it um, Jeb can I ask a, a quick question about the yeah. Irish club I suppose this will apply to a few people at least for myself if you're driving down can you park there because I've tried ringing them a couple of times and they've, they've not been answering, probably because they know it's me. Um, uh, I don't know, but I did see a post on the Facebook group um, that addressed this very question, but I can't remember what the answer was. I think there is some parking. Some okay. There parking. is a, there they, is a parking lot. Yeah, there they have a got... A, yes, yeah. there is, isn't there? But I, I wasn't sure if on match days, if, uh, if you can park there and uh, leave your car there while the game is on and then come back, so... Uh, but if anyone does know, then that would be really useful because I'll be driving down on the day and then going back. In fact, I'm talking rubbish because all the times I have been there, um, yes, a lot of people do park. I just I don't know what the what the terms and conditions are, what what the price is, and how long you can leave your car car there and so forth. Um, but there is, yeah, there is parking space. Okay. Thank you. And on that note, um, thank you as ever, Nikki. Thank, thank you, you, Dev. Thank you very thank much. You, thank you, Bex. Um, thank you. The future's bright. The future's lily white. Good night. Oh,